We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is Lakers Nation Live. The Lakers, they finish off their road trip with a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, losing 133-110. to Not the way they wanted to finish the road trip, but this was also the most shorthanded we've seen this Lakers team all season, excluding rookies. And we've seen the Lakers shorthanded quite a bit, excluding rookies. Uh, the Lakers had seven regular rotation players available in this one. And then Jalen Huchifino did get some minutes, some opportunities uh, as well. And at the end, we saw some of the other young players. Not to say that the Lakers couldn't have played better. They certainly could have. But this loss was not a, a surprise. If those of you have been watching the show, we kind of anticipated this happening, though I certainly was hoping that hoping that they would have performed a little better, particularly given how hot they started in that first quarter. They looked good in the first quarter and then just could not sustain. It started to fall to pieces in the second quarter and just could never make any kind of a real threatening run after that but we've got a lot to talk about from this one we're now 20 games into the season we'll discuss where this team is at currently do we even know do we have an idea of where the lakers are at right now or is it just too difficult to tell exactly where they are as a team at the moment a lot of stuff to break down so those of you joining me live over on youtube welcome in make sure that you do uh hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet and like this video as well let me give a quick shout out here to uh, the YouTube channel members as well. We've got Lakers Nation's YouTube channel membership program. You can click that join button and check that out tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to do a live members-only stream, and we're going to let channel members come on stage and, and talk Lakers basketball with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys want to check that out, click the join button. You can check out some of the perks that come with the membership program. All right, let's get into this game here. So on the night, Anthony Davis, statistically, no problems, right? AD, 31 and 14, no blocks. I guess that's an issue, but 9 of 10 at the free throw line, 11 of 18 shooting. You'll certainly take that from AD. That's a really nice game. LeBron James, 21 points, 12 boards, 6 assists, 7 of 12 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3. 16 for D'Angelo Russell on 6 of 13 shooting, 10 assists. That's not bad. Problem is, you didn't have a lot of other guys really get going. You know, Austin Reeves at 14 and 3. But just not a not a stellar game from him. Overall, was a minus twenty three on the night. Again, decent points, but 
the Lakers shot 33% from three, 44% from the field. And it's hard to leave that game and not just feel like, man, the Thunder just had more energy. They had more drive than the Lakers did. You just didn't see the fire from the Lakers in this one. Maybe not a surprise, though. Second night of a back-to-back on the road, the end of a road trip. The last game of a road trip is typically a trap game because players are looking forward to getting home and, and all of that. All of these things, all of this context, this matters, right? These things are important. The Lakers only have seven of their rotation players. Rui Hachimura out. Jackson Hayes out. Cam Reddish out. Gabe Vincent out. Jared Vanderbilt out. They're missing all of these guys. All of these things are true. That said, you would still like to see the Lakers adapt and overcome in some of these situations. And uh, unfortunately, they were not able to do that in this one. Let me get into some of your comments, though, and get a feel for what you guys think right now. Andrew said, we really missed our wings uh, this game. AD went at Chet all night. Wish we could get him the ball easier. You'd think we were a lottery team, the way people on X and our own fans react. Also, we struggle with zones. Yeah, I mean, look, the Lakers are above 500. They're 11 and 9 now, 20 games into the season. They're 11 and 9. And they're, again, in, in the West, in a, in a difficult, difficult conference, given that we have still yet to see a healthy Lakers team, we still don't know what this team really is. And they're 11 and 9. Like, when we look at it that way, that's not so bad. We've seen far worse last season when they were 2-10 and 10 to start the season. We've seen far worse than this, but you know what? It's still frustrating when you see the team lose on this road trip. There are two losses, one by 44 and another one by 23. That's not ideal, and that's going to be frustrating for fans. So I certainly understand that. But 11-9 on the season, given how hurt they've been, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Alan Allenson said, hey, Trev, you could speak to Darvin Ham regarding uh, the game momentum or reading the game momentum in regard to calling timeouts. What would you say to him and what is he missing? He's got a certain philosophy. And so what I would say to, to Darvin Ham is when you see other coaches that use their timeouts in order to stop momentum, and yet we see you tend to hold on to your timeouts and expect the players to figure it out on the floor What's the philosophy there? Why do you why do you prefer that method compared to what you see from some of your peers? And Darwin has actually already answered that question. He said that the reason why he does it is because he wants timeouts in his pocket so that he can use those in the fourth quarter to get LeBron James and Anthony Davis rest. Now, I would counter by saying, well, we don't really see that, though, do we? We don't really see um, the, the Lakers using timeouts to get rest for LeBron and AD. We see them finish the game with timeouts still in the chamber. And so that's a little bit frustrating. I I prefer the other method, personally. I prefer team goes on a 5-0, 7-0 run, call timeout, don't let things get out of hand, settle it down, run your best offensive set coming out of the timeout, get a good look, get momentum going the other way. Because what you don't want is the other team getting all pumped up and you're going on a run and every player feels like every shot's going to go in. Because next thing you know, it's an 11-0 run. It's a 13-0 run. And then you've got a big, big problem. And so that's what I don't want to see happen. And Darwin doesn't go by that same methodology. Darwin tries to hang on to his timeouts. If we saw him use them more often in the fourth quarter to get rest, I'd say, okay, that explanation makes sense. But it, 
we don't see it as often as we'd like. In fact, now we're starting to see LeBron just take timeouts himself. Maybe that's part of an agreement. I don't know. That could be part of an agreement between LeBron and him. But I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive with the timeouts. Mamba mentality. So it seems like when the Lakers punch a team in the mouth, teams tend to withstand it. They believe a comeback is coming. And when the Lakers get punched, they lie down. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the case over the course of the season. Um, we've seen the Lakers battle back in quite a few games. Now, and of course, it's the infamous fake comeback that we hear all about, right? It's the, it's the fake comeback. But we see this Lakers team battle back, fight to stay in games. This game, obviously, was not great that way. The, the, the Philly game, not great. But there have been a lot of other games throughout the season where they've had to fight. And they've been so awful in first quarters, more, more often than not, that they've had to battle back. They've had to be a good bounce-back team. So all of that is, is part of the Lakers' identity as a team. I haven't seen them be completely out of games too often. It has happened, though. I think it happened tonight. I think you saw in this one where they hit a point where they just went, yeah, we don't have it. We saw against Philly where they said, yeah, we don't have it. But we've also seen a lot of games where they've continued pushing past the point where we thought the game was over. In fact, if I have a criticism of the Lakers for this one, it's why didn't LeBron play 35 minutes? Why did AD play 36 minutes? This game was over at the seven-minute mark of the fourth. You could have pulled both those guys, saved them a few minutes, taken a little bit of wear and tear off of them, but instead they kept them in the game hoping, hoping for some miraculous comeback that very clearly was not going to happen. Face reality. D'Lo, less than half the points scored last night. Um, SGA's, but I mean, was anybody saying D'Lo's better than SGA? SGA is fantastic. Whoops, Clippers. But uh, D'Lo, less than half the points scored last night. Yeah, but he didn't. I mean, D'Lo, six for 13, two turnovers, 10 assists. He was feeding the ball to AD every chance he get. By the way, 30% of Anthony or of uh, D'Lo's passes go to Anthony Davis. So I don't look at this game and say, oh, this was a bad D'Lo game. Uh, he didn't have 35 points, but 16 and 10 on good percentages. I, I can't complain too much about that. Who is our stop the bleeding guy during runs? Probably LeBron. Like in terms of we need a bucket, who do we give the ball to? Probably LeBron. It's either LeBron or AD. Right? That's... That's it. That's the stop the bleeding guy for the Lakers right now. And if the run is happening when neither one of those guys is in, then it probably becomes a D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves situation right now. We'll see what it looks like when Rui gets back. Jared Chalker, injuries or not, this is unacceptable. Name the last NBA champion that lost by 40 and 20 in the same week. I don't have that stat in front of me. I'd have to go back and look and see if it if it happened. Uh, big losses do happen. Um, not saying it's a good thing. Certainly not. But you kind of knew that this was going to be a tough one uh, against the Thunder. Um, you know, I think that there's a point that we can get to with this team too, where we can say, well, you know, they just they've been too hurt and all that. I, I think you have to draw the line somewhere. I think there's a point where you can say they've been super injured. They're, it's the end of the road trip. They're worn out. They're out of gas. 
and that can explain some of the things that we're seeing. We can see that that the team not closing out and everything. Now, if they're doing that stuff in Saturday's game against the Rockets when they're back at home, they've had a day to rest, all that kind of stuff, then that's a bit more concerning. So some of the things that we're seeing, we have to figure out, is this fatigue? Is this we've got so many guys hurt that guys are being forced into roles that are bigger than they should be? Is that what it is that we're seeing mostly? Or is this the team isn't playing hard? And we've seen instances where the team hasn't played played hard this season. We've seen that happen. I think there was a point tonight where the team came out playing hard. The Lakers came out playing hard. They were scoring the ball. They looked good. And then the second happened, and it was just a tidal wave of points for OKC. OKC was red hot. The Lakers, they wilted pretty quickly. The Lakers looked like they were out of gas. And in this game, now, should they lose by 23 points? No. But in this game, I was expecting them to probably be a little bit worn out, just given the circumstances, second night of a back-to-back, on the road, they flew through the middle of the night. I expected them to look a little bit sluggish in this game. I think they hit a point where, as a team, they knew they didn't have it, and we saw that in their body language. And you can argue whether or not that should be the case, but I said it a week ago that this was the game that I looked at on the schedule as the scheduled loss. Second night of a back-to-back, the end of a road trip in OKC. I didn't see this one going very well. So I'm not super disappointed. Would I like to see it better than a 23-point line? Yes, I'd love to, I wish it was like eight points and the Lakers were in it at the end or something and they just didn't quite have the legs. That would be much more encouraging than what we saw. But that said, I anticipated that this team would be um, kind of up against it just from an energy standpoint compared to a young Thunder team that had lost two in a row that were going to be fired up to not lose three in a row on the season. Yeah. Face reality, Prince and Max aren't good enough to start together. Yeah, I think you've got an argument there. Right? And that and that's where you can say everybody else was hurt. Right? There's no Cam. There's no Rui. There's no Gabe. No Vando. Right? All the other guys that you could turn to are out. Everybody's injured. All your depth, all your wings, they're, they're all out. Everybody. If everybody is healthy, is Max Christie in the rotation? He had a good game the other night. The other night, uh, defending Donovan Mitchell, he had a good game. But is Max Christie really in the rotation on a night-in, night-out basis if the entire team is healthy? Probably not. Is Torian Prince starting? Right, that was that was a topic of discussion heading into the season, and Darvin Ham made it sound like it was going to be Jared Vanderbilt. But now Torian Prince has been in the starting lineup for twenty games because Jared Vanderbilt's been hurt. So I think you can argue that, yeah, as far as these guys who are starting, they're starting because the other guys who would start are are out, they're injured. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes sometimes. And yes, there are games where you have to find ways to overcome. Some days where you can't. Some days where you can't. All right. Let's get into the next one here. By the way, let me say this. What I love is, especially you see, sometimes it's Lakers fans, but you see a lot of fans of other teams. Anytime there's any kind of context brought into any kind of a loss, they like to use the word, excuses. 
we have stretched the hell out of that word to mean things that it frankly just doesn't mean. We've taken things to be excuses that are far from it. Um, it's funny the way that that goes uh, to the point where the word has almost taken on a different meaning. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of the funny things that we're seeing in social media now. David said, we lost this game as soon as we stopped playing through D'Lo. I don't know who told Max and Christian Wood they're allowed to shoot. Well, first of all, those guys were were open and you you're okay with both those guys shooting. Christian Wood, while he's been in a slump in the month of November and he was 0 for 2 from 3 tonight, he's, in theory, he should be a, a good floor spacer. He was 1 for 6 in this one. And Max Christie was 3 for 7. D'Angelo Russell was 6 for 13. He was second on the team in shots. So I don't look at the shot distribution and say, well, you know, Max Christie stole a bunch of shots from D'Angelo Russell. No, Max Christie took seven shots. And he was two for three from three. He shot three for seven. I don't think the problem was that Max Christie took seven shots and made three and two of them were threes. Like, that's okay. Christian Wood, one for six, is certainly not ideal. But again, he's a guy who has a long career of being a good offensive player. Has he been great offensively with the Lakers? No, I think that he's been very focused on rebounding and defense and all these things. I think he needs to get the offense back a little bit. But I don't look at this game and say, well, it's the Max Christie and Christian Wood shot attempts that caused them to lose this game. In fact, I think one of the biggest problems, if we want to just get into some of the issues with this, the most disappointing thing, really, is that the Lakers lost the rebounding battle. And OKC is one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. 48 to 41 on the glass. Eight offensive rebounds for the Thunder to seven for the Lakers. You got outworked quite a bit by the Thunder. And again, shorthanded, little rest, end of a road trip, all those things certainly matter. But the reason why that probably gets under my skin a little bit more is because the rebounding has been such a problem for the Lakers this season. We've seen them lose games specifically because they don't do a good enough job on the defensive glass. And so to see a team that's not good at rebounding out-hustle, be more physical than the Lakers on the glass, that's not great. Even shorthanded, it takes away, it adds a little bit more sting to the loss, right? Seeing a team like the Thunder perform well on the glass against the Lakers. I should say OKC is statistically the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Maybe not after tonight because they didn't shoot as well tonight in, in this one. But OKC didn't shoot all that well from three. Uh, they ended up shooting 33% from deep on the night, despite being a 40% three-point shooting team uh, on the season. But the Lakers still were not in it late. And I think a decent part of that is the glass, the turnovers as well, 13 turnovers for the Lakers. Uh, we had just seven for the Thunder. The Thunder made 14 more shots than the Lakers did. They took 13 more shots than the Lakers did. They shot a better percentage and they took more shots because of turnovers, because of the offensive glass. And a lot of that was hustle. And the Lakers didn't have that. There were a number of plays where Lakers just blew box outs. Mission 86, it can only be what it is. 500 trips, so acceptable. I mean, hey, that was what I said going in. Now, I would prefer they didn't lose by 44 and 23. But I said going in, I'd be happy with 500, so I guess I kind of have to be. But to get blown out in both those losses, that's that's not ideal. 
Go home, have a cheeseburger, and get ready for the next one. Long way to go. Yeah, long way to go. So the Lakers coming up. You've got the Houston Rockets on Saturday. And then the quarterfinals of the play or the in-season tournament. That's on Tuesday. The Lakers take on the Suns. They win that. They go to Vegas for the semifinals. They lose that. They'll play next Friday. So that's that's what we're looking at here for the Lakers moving forward. There's plenty to look forward to. Again, a big matchup with the Rockets, a Rockets team that's been better than we expected this season. Not going to be an easy game on Saturday. And then you get the big showdown with the Suns. We've seen the Lakers turn up for the in-season tournament. They've really gotten themselves going for these tournament games. And so I'm excited for that one. Quarterfinals of the tournament. Let's see what's what. This one says, this team has no identity. We can't sustain offense to save our life. This isn't a two-star and roll, guys. This uh, Not this year. Last year, yes. But this year, no way a third star is a need. And Reeves is not untouchable. So disappointed. So when you say this team has no identity, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I also have to wonder, though, do they have no identity because how do you forge an identity when your team's not there? When you're missing so many players? I think the identity with this team was supposed to be a team that could throw all the wings at somebody on any given night, could play a lot of different styles, and would give Darvin Ham a lot of options. Now, they haven't been able to do that because everybody's been on the sidelines. Everybody's been hurt. That would give you the opportunity to do those things. So... I don't know if it's fair to expect them necessarily to have an identity right now with so much of the team out due to injury, particularly so much of the team that I thought kind of set them apart. The pieces that differentiated them were, it's their wings, it's their wing depth. And yet it's been Rui who's been hurt. It's been Vanderbilt who's been hurt. Torian Prince missed some games, right? We've we've seen the wings be the guys to get injured. And so with that being the case, I, I think it's, at least understandable to some degree that they may not have a clear-cut identity just yet. But I think they need to find it. I think they need to find it. They need to find it before the trade deadline. And if they don't, then I think we're going to see some moves made. Right now, though, it's too soon to say trade this guy, trade that guy, do this, do that, because we don't know what this team is. We still don't know. I hope that coming up here, by the way, Saturday, we could see Everybody except for Gabe Vincent back. I'm not saying we're going to, but that's possible. We could see Vando back. We could see Rui back. Cam, we could see everybody available except for Gabe Vincent on Saturday. That's possible. Day after tomorrow. That is a possibility. I hope once they get everybody back, we start to see an identity developed. And at that point, you can start really figuring out what is it they have? What is it they don't? What moves are you going to make? I think one of the things that we praised the Lakers for over the summer, it was the roster they put together. It provides a lot of flexibility moving forward because so many of these contracts are very movable. These are the types of contracts that you need in order to stack up to go after go big fish hunting, right? To go uh, to go after the big catch or to add pieces. These are the types of contracts that you need. When you look at D'Lo, you look at Austin, you look at Rui. Vando can't be traded this year, but in the future, these are the size of contracts that you need. Gabe Vincent, this guy's in that 10 to 20 million range. So I think the Lakers are going to have some opportunities to make some moves if they decide that they need to. And right now, I do think that I think there's enough holes on this team, but you probably do 
need to make at least one or two moves. You need shooting. You could use another big. You need a guard defender. All of the, are you going to find everything? Probably not. But I think you can address some of those concerns on the trade market before the trade deadline. But you really, if you're the organization, you really want to get a look at what does this team look like when most, if not all the guys are available. Because that's what's going to give you a real sense of what it is that you need and what you should be willing to pay to get that. Uh, this one said, was AR's defense always this bad? Can't be, beat good teams. Sad. Um, I do think Austin's defense has slipped a little bit. Um, and some of that has been as he's taken on more of a role on the defensive end of the floor. Or I'm sorry, the offensive end. The deep, like when he was a rookie, it was pretty much just defend, put everything into defense because they weren't expecting much offensively. Now he's being asked to initiate the offense. I had people over on playback asking the question, should Austin be initiating the offense? Again, I want to see what's it look like when he's got everybody out there. Um, I think that does make a big difference. So I'm not ready to pull the plug on Austin Reeves as an initiator, but I understand why Lakers fans would be a little bit underwhelmed with what we've seen from Austin so far this year. Defensively, he has gotten attacked quite a bit. But again, this is a, a very good, very talented young player. And I do believe that sooner rather than later, he's going to find his way. Ace of Hearts with some positivity says, we have to give ourselves credit. 11 and 9 with all the injuries we've had is impressive. Better days ahead, Laker gang. Yeah, I mean, again, they're above 500. And they have not been anywhere close to healthy. I think those things matter. Now, you get everybody back and you're still struggling. Okay, that informs your decision. You need to make moves. I mean, right now, the Lakers, as it stands, are the seventh seed in the Western Conference. You're the seventh seed and you've been hurt most of the season. Now, that doesn't mean they're the only team that's been hurt most of the season. Right? I mean, Phoenix has suffered a ton of injuries. They're the five seed right now. And they're, they've been red hot. They just lost last night, but they were on a seven-game win streak before that. So... I think this is this is a team where the jury's still out, but they haven't looked quite as good as we would have hoped. Even with the injuries, we'd like to see a little bit more, but I don't think we know enough yet to make those big moves. Given all the everything, given how many players are out injured, I think you take eleven and nine. I think you got to be okay with it, above five hundred, and you don't know what this team is yet. That's something. Chef Zach said, it's still y'all calm down. I think he's saying it's still early. M to the world beat the Pistons and thought we were back. I didn't think beating the Pistons was proof the Lakers were back or that this was their statement win or anything. I thought it was a win that they needed to have and it was certainly good to see. But I don't think that was like, it's not like they, they beat the Pistons and you went, oh, there it is. Something clicked. Now they've got it. No. But they took care of business against a bad team, which is important. It's really important. Not everybody does that. It's really important that you do that. Asa Hearts, a zone shouldn't kill any team that bad in the 2023 version of the NBA. Got to make threes. At least the open ones. Austin Reeves has to get going, but I have faith. Yeah, let's see. What's what's Reeves on the on the season here from deep? And we know that he's a 
pretty good three-point shooter in general. Yeah, he's at 32% from three right now on the season. He does need to be better. And look, this Lakers team was built around him being better from three. D'Angelo Russell's at 42%. Austin was about 40% last season. That's what you were hoping to see this season. Hasn't happened right now. Hasn't happened. But hopefully that's coming. And we see Austin hit that other level again. David, welcome in. Coming a YouTube channel member. Appreciate you being here. <laughs> uh, let's see. The only 23 is MJ. Said, a lot of credit to OKC and their tough defense and stamina. Lakers couldn't match their energy on either end of the floor. OKC's good. OKC's real good. You know, uh, there was that, that narrative going around that D'Angelo Russell only has good games against bad teams. And I think it goes back to people look at Orlando, which I believe right now is the two seed in the Eastern Conference, and people look at um, Houston, who have been, I believe they're 500, been a lot better than we thought they would be. People still look at those two teams as teams that are easy wins. And so you see those on the Lakers' schedule, and you see D'Lo have good games against them, and you don't realize, hey, actually, these are two of the best defensive teams in the league right now, are two of the better defensive teams in the league. And then OKC is the same way. We kind of have this, this lingering image of OKC as this young team that's not very good. They're the third seed in the West right now. They're really good. Like, we knew they were going to take a leap this year. They've probably still been a little bit better than we expected. But OKC is a good team. Right? So you give them credit, and you should, because they deserve it. They've played really good basketball. Really good basketball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy.
trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Layup line to the basket for teams against the Lakers. You know, the Lakers defense has been the best part of their team so far this season. Their offensive production has not been good. That's something that I think does need to be changed. LeBron talked about needing a change uh, after that loss to the 76ers. I do think changes need to be made. I think offensively, they've got to figure out some ways to generate points without having to work quite so hard to do it. Some of that comes from guys who have just got to hit open shots, and they haven't been able to do that this season. That would go a long, long way. But the offense does need to turn it up. The defense, though, the defense has been okay. Yeah, it stands out when it stands out when teams um, are able to get a layup on you, when teams are able to get to the rim. That kind of stuff does stand out, right? And so it makes us think, oh, this defense is terrible. Defensively, though, they've rated out okay. They've been all right as a defensive team this season. They are currently ninth in the NBA in defensive rating. All right, before we get too deep into the show, let's um, let's do the master lock. Let me let you guys just vent a little bit. So the master lock of the night, for anybody who's new, the way this works, we take whatever is the most frustrating thing from this game and we put it in our good buddy, Chris, the Masterpiece Masters finishing hold, the master lock. So again, for this one, you just take whatever you thought was the most annoying thing from this game. And that's that's what we talk about here. So let's get to that. Here we go. Master lock of the night. So fired off chat. What are we master locking from this game? Let's see. I've got, oh, somebody said Master Lock Sean. <laughs> Why Master Lock Sean? He missed playback tonight. People were were frustrated with him for missing the uh, playback live show. Uh, Lakers injuries, I think that's a good one. Back-to-backs, yep, especially back-to-backs on the road. Lakers have a lot of them this year. The schedule makers did the Lakers no favors. Oh, no. Justin said, Master Lock Trevor for putting a positive spin into everything clearly bad against about the Lakers. I just call it like I see it. There's good and there's bad about this Lakers team. I'm also not one to jump to conclusions on stuff. And part of that is just that that's just me. That's how I analyze things. I tend to look big picture. That's my uh, historian background, right? I tend to look more big picture and not get too caught up in one performance or another, meaning that this is simply what a team is. Or, or meaning that um, a, a team is just destined for failure or, or success. That's the way I look at things. So part of that is just me. Um, I'm not trying to put a positive spin on it. It sucks that they lost by 23. It's terrible that they lost by 44. That's not good. But if you want somebody to rant and rave and scream and, you know, this team will never go anywhere, they stink and all this kind of stuff. Well, that's the guys that are getting paid to throw out hot takes that are just throwing out stuff that they want people to respond to, whether or not they actually believe it. That's not what I do. It's not my thing. Um, not saying there's not an art, an art to that. There's not something to that. But 
you're getting my genuine thoughts, my genuine opinions. I'm not saying something just because I think it's going to get a reaction and it's going to get clipped for social media. That's that's my approach. So I'm not trying to put a positive spin on anything. Not trying to put a negative spin on anything. Just telling you what I think. And this is where I'm at with this team. I still think that the jury is out right now for this squad. Uh, Master Lock injuries. I like this. Master Lock Dylan Brooks. Yes. Always Master Lock Dylan Brooks. Whether or not he plays in the game, we always Master Lock Dylan Brooks. Master Lock small ball. Master Lock shooting. Master Lock the schedule. Mom Mentality says the schedule makers are Lakers haters. Somebody said Stephen A. Smith. Master lock the next man up theory. Master lock back to backs. You know what? I'm I'm gonna master lock at this point. I think I gotta master lock the injury bug. Because it's been so relentless. Every time we think, all right, hey, they got Cam Reddish back. No, wait, now he's out tonight. That was last night. Yes, they got Cam Reddish back. Nope, now he's out. What, Jackson Hayes hurt his elbow. Now he's out. Rui Hachimura is out for the road trip. Jared Vanderbilt is almost back, but not yet. And it feels like every time the Lakers get somebody back, at least one other person goes out. At least. Again, they had seven guys that would normally make Darvin Ham's rotation or maybe normally make Darvin Ham's rotation, play in this game tonight. And that's it. That's rough. That's really rough. And it could be worse. Could have been LeBron or AD. That's out. But still, the injury bug has been merciless with these Lakers. And that's something that I really hope change changes. I really hope that changes. Cam came back for one game, LOL. Yeah. So what I'm hoping for in the Cam Reddish situation, and I, there may be some clarification on this in the post game. I'm trying to look to see what's what's going on here. But, um, okay, Darvin talking about the injuries. Darvin said, we feel like we got a solid process in place. Whatever we can do extra, we'll explore that. But right now, we're comfortable where we are getting guys back to playing in a real game. Unfortunate things happen. You can't be selfish. You have to be smart and not put these guys at risk. So that's my thought and what I was hoping to hear. I'm hoping that's in reference to Cam Reddish there, that the Lakers, that he could play. It's just a little bit riskier because he's dealing with the sore groin, played the first night of a back-to-back, so the thought was, okay, let's not play him the second night of a back-to-back. Now, if that was the case, though, you can ask the question, well, why not? Why play him against the Pistons when you probably didn't need him there and you really could have used him to defend SGA in this game? Why not sit him out one more night against the Pistons and then play him in the second half of the back-to-back? That's a fair question. But I'm hoping that it's simply the back-to-back was the reason why Cam Reddish didn't play and not some type of re-aggravation or a lingering injury or something to that effect. Uh, Jay... Said D'Lo, JHS, and Reeves on the court led to a 17-4 OKC run. I and I, I have a hard time um, criticizing the rotations too much when you're so short on players. 
there's just there's not many options to choose from, right? It's not that many options to choose from. So if there's a bad combination out on the floor, well, he was probably running out of players that he could pick compared to the guys who needed a rest. That's not easy to be that short. Uh, mom mentality, two and two, not bad road trip. Still wish we had gone three and one. Oh, well, let's hope more players come back from injury and see what we really have. Yeah, got to get these guys back. Got to get these guys back from, from injury. At some point, we're going to have to address Austin's poor play. I really like him, but man, he's been awful. Hey, he struggled in this game shooting the ball. I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive shooting, actually. I'd like to see him looking for his shot a little bit more. It feels like, I don't know if his legs are just not under him or what, but I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end and taking his shots and getting to the rim. We're not seeing him get to the free throw line like he used to. I'm hoping that's coming, that Austin's going to get his legs under him and eventually that's coming. But right now, things um, things have certainly been a little disappointing uh, for Austin Reeves. There's no question. Just view. I wish D'Lo can score 35 points against teams that matter. Well, he, he only had one game where he scored 35. And if you look at his game log, he's actually had good games against some tough teams. He had good games, a good game twice against Sacramento. He's had a good game against Phoenix. Yes, he had a good game against a bad Memphis team. He also didn't have a good game twice against Portland, and that's a bad team. I don't think it's a direct, oh, good team, D'Lo equals, equals D'Lo bad game. He's had good games against tough teams too. Um, I don't know. I think everybody jumps to that conclusion, and some of that may be a holdover from the playoffs last year, but so far this season, he's not a consistent 20-point-per-game scorer, but he can have good games against good teams as well as bad teams. It's not like he only, you look at the stat line, you can see it's not like he only performs well against the worst teams in the NBA. Jay Delgado, Vogel used to call too many timeouts and run out of them quickly. Ham doesn't call them and let runs go wild. Yeah, is there a way to kind of get right in between, get the just right? Um, yeah, that's... It's one of the the more frustrating parts with Darvin Hams. I think he is a little bit too conservative using his timeouts. Akash said, we're going to have to win these games. Need a full team. Yeah. You need a full team. You need to get these guys back and healthy. And the Lakers, I think they're doing all they can to, to speed up the process as much as possible and get these guys back in action. I just hope they can stay healthy. Two nice guys for you said, we have to talk about these back-to-backs. This is the third time this season they dropped the second out of a back-to-back after blowing out a team on the first night. Yeah, I mean, this they've been close. Like that Dallas game, they were close to winning. Then maybe they should have won. But I think part of it is it shows that they're very reliant on LeBron. And I think LeBron... Even when he doesn't play much the night before, even if it's a blowout win the night before, LeBron, even LeBron playing 23, 24 minutes, I think the process of ramping up for a game, of getting ready for a game, and then playing that game, the next day, it just takes its toll on him. It just does. And so the back-to-backs, even if, even if 
LeBron doesn't play major minutes in the first leg, you're going to get a lower energy output output from LeBron in the second game. And you can see that, the effect that that has on the Lakers. You can see that that just, they rely on him. Maybe too much. But again, the teams, the guys that they were supposed to be able to rely upon for when LeBron was out have been out. <laughs> and so it's it's a tough spot to be in. But I do think they rely quite a bit on LeBron. And he has less energy, second night of a back-to-back, which is to be expected. That is not criticism of LeBron. He's 38 years old. You would expect him to struggle a bit on the second night of a back-to-back. And so that's rubbing off on the team as a whole. I think that's what we're seeing. Isaiah Villafania said, let's face it, LeBron's too old to be the number one option. Uh, AD's motor's too low to be a number one. We need a consistent number one option. LeBron needs to opt out and take less money so we can get a number one. Well, I can tell you this. Even if LeBron were to opt out of his contract and take a veteran minimum, that wouldn't give the Lakers money to play with in free agency. That wouldn't give them free agent money to go spend. They would have their mid-level exception to go use if you were to do that. I think otherwise they won't, but that would not give them spending power on the free agent market. It's not like they would have a max contract available suddenly to go spend on somebody. Um, That's the downside to adding some of the contracts that they've they've added. So yeah, that's, that's where they're at. Even if, and I don't see LeBron doing that, but even if he did, let's say he opted out of his player option, said, I'm going to sign next year for a veteran minimum. That would give the Lakers access to the full mid-level. So you can go spend $12, $13 million on somebody, maybe a little more. That's what you could spend. So it's not like LeBron taking less is going to, oh, suddenly the Lakers are in the market for a star. Just not the way the math works. But I, I also don't think you're necessarily wrong. LeBron, is it fair for LeBron to be the number one option at this stage in his career? Probably not. Is Anthony Davis a true number one option on offense? On defense, yes. On offense, is Anthony Davis a true number one option? Eh, probably not. Probably not. So, what do you do? You try to go find another offensive talented player. And that's where maybe like the rumor was today, DeMar DeRozan, is that somebody you go get? Do you try to get the, the pair of DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso? Is there some other players you go after? We talk Zach Levine. Is Zach Levine a true 1A guy? Probably not. That's where, but is DeRozan? No. But DeRozan, you're only committed to for a season. Levine is big money for four seasons. That's something to factor in. That's something to factor in. But but again, it's not a LeBron salary thing. It's not a LeBron's taking too much money and that's causing the Lakers to not be able to go spend to get a big-time player. All right, we're going to do a couple more. Actually, we'll do one more. And then Sean Davis is going to come up with the post-post-game show. XRP boy Bradley said, I believe many people are missing the mark. Lakers' biggest problem is their rebounding. If you look back at the previous game, you'll see the rebounders are Braun, D'Lo, AD. That's it every game. That is certainly an area of concern for the Lakers. They could use another true big, a center with a big body that can rebound the basketball is one of several things that this team needs. Um, they've got enough holes in their game as a team that it could prevent them and probably will prevent them from going where they want to go. The question is, is that the problem that you try to solve? And we're going to see what the Lakers do with the trade deadline, but they need to get a sense of what they really are when they have everybody back and then go from there. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, 
that aside from Gabe Vincent, that starts on Saturday. I'd love to see Gabe back, but I don't think Gabe's going to be back. But everybody else, the possibility is there to have everybody else on Saturday. And I sure hope we do. I sure hope we do. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for me on this show. I do appreciate you all for joining me. Again, check out our YouTube channel membership program. Sean Davis is coming up right now, though, so stay put. Don't go anywhere. Sean Davis, the post-post game show, is going to break down everything from an X's and O's perspective, talk about what the Lakers can fix and all of that. But again, that's it for me on this one. Appreciate you all joining me. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.